All right. All right. We're on. Cool, man. Um, well, tell me, how was, uh, I'm assuming you went to Zion, right? Is that where you went? Yeah, I went to, I went to Zion. Uh, we, we stopped off at the Grand Canyon um, as well. Uh, but yeah, Zion was the goal. Well, we made it there alive and well. And uh, yeah, man, it was, a, it was a great trip. Um, I came back refreshed, you know, appreciating life and, and all the amazing things that Mother Nature have, has provided us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It sounds like you saw a sunset on high elevation. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Dude, those, I did. those are so, like, not only are they scenic, but there's something very refreshing to the soul about watching the sunset while you're like a couple thousand feet up in the air. You know what I mean? Not in the air, but up in elevation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think the other thing for, for me is like, I always, I always forget how, how little people are mm, and yeah. like how little like just cities and, you know, just humanity is right. Like when you go out to like Zion, for example, there's like all those amazing mountains that have been built over, you know, millions of years or whatever. And it's like, dang, we're just like a little speck on, on the dot or a speck on the line, you know? Yeah. We're ants, man. We're ants to the gods. Um, so you, so you went, so you went, uh, it was a road trip, right? Yeah, it was a road trip with some friends, okay. uh, two of my good friends growing up. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time. Um, we, uh, we, we camped there, um, for about three days and then we moved down to, um, Grand Canyon and then we kind of journeyed slowly back to Texas. Uh, we stopped mm-hmm. off in Santa Fe, Durango, uh, Colorado and, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, we, we made a, made a little, you know, adventure out of it. So. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I mean, I've been to the Hoover Dam. Does that count? Is the Hoover the Hoover Dam <laughs> is at the Grand Canyon? Is it not to a certain I th- edge? I think so. I'm not sure. I, I actually have never been to the Hoover Dam, um, but I mean, I'm assuming that it, it's probably crazy and super beautiful as well. Yeah, man, it's really weird. I remember. I forgot what age I was, but I remember being on the the dam, and there there is something like what's it? The call of the void. Like there's this fear of like, oh, it, it, am I about to jump over? You know what I mean? And you're like, you can't. Yeah. Have you ever had that feeling? There's, I think it's originally based off a of French word, but I think the English transi- translation is like the call of the void or yeah. something like that. Oh, dude, absolutely. It's crazy you, you bring get that, that up. Because, yeah, I definitely get that. So I was standing on Angel's Landing, which is like this, uh, one of the uh, major, I guess, hikes that they have there at Zion. Mm-hmm. And um, at the top peak, which I didn't go to, my, my friends did just cause like, I didn't want to go cause it was kind of, you know, COVID not friendly, not, not COVID friendly. So, mm-hmm. uh, but they went up to there, but I was nearby and there's like a steep drop off point of where I was standing. And, uh, I don't know, it's gotta be like a couple thousand feet, like, you know, looking down or whatever. But, um, I, I like stood towards the edge and I see all these people kind of, you know, walking over, standing by it too as well. And I stood on it. And then like, I started feeling myself getting like sucked in, like my, my knees started buckling a little bit, but then like started like leaning towards the edge. And I was like, Whoa, what am I doing? I was like, I need to step back. And uh, it, it's a weird feeling, man. It's like, you know, you feel like you can just, like, you're just going to jump, you know, but, but you know, mentally you're, you're, you're probably not, you know, but. What do you think it is? Do you think, is it, is it a part of you that like, it's a sense of control knowing that I could just end my entire life? Or do you think there's like, or do you think there's like another side to it? Sometimes, man, to be honest with you, sometimes I think there's just like a demon assigned to that aspect of life. Like anytime someone's any kind of near like a ledge of anything of height, some dude shows up and it's like already feeding you the idea of committing suicide. And that's, Ooh. that's a, its only job is this demon that just shows up in high peaks of elevation, just to like nudge you a little bit, hoping that you have enough despair to just jump over it. You know what I mean? 
Or yeah, it definitely. could just be, it just could just be a sense of like, I could just end it and it's just some psychological thing and nothing spiritual whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know. It could be, I really don't know. The, the, it could be both, that, man. It could be both. <laughs> it could be both. The thought that came on mine was like, you know, kind of like, um, like youthful re- rebelliousness, right? Like in, in you know, my, like my teenage years, for example, right? It's like, it's like, oh, I, I could steal this. Why not? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, I know the consequences, but like, you know, I, I could get away with it or whatever. It's like, you know, you're, you're like challenging yourself to, uh, to, to do something, you know, like, um, yeah. proving to yourself that you could do that. You know, it's a weird, True. like rebellion thing. I don't know. Well, yeah, but it's strange though. Cause it's, it's a form of rebellion that would end, it would cease your life where you could no longer <laughs> practice the form of rebellion. So it's like the ultimate act of rebellion that I, that I've decided to just end existence. Um, exactly. So it's strange, man. So yeah. was there was there anything like is Zion near like an Indian reservation? Is it on an Indian reservation? Is there nearby? Yeah. So on, so on the drive, <laughs> so on the drive to Zion, um, we, we passed through um, New Mexico and Arizona, and right there at, at that um, intersection of like New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, and uh, uh, Utah. Uh, it's called like the Four Corners or whatever, and that's right oh, in the yeah. center of yeah. It's right in the center of Navajo Nation, right? Okay. And uh, Navajo Nation is like you know where um, uh, the U.S. government essentially kind of displaced you know a lot of the Navajo um, tribe you know, tribes member, um, and uh, and I think surrounding areas too. Like they have other you know uh, tribes around as well, but it's like central point for like where you know where the Navajo Indians are. It's mm-hmm. like they're quote unquote, their homeland now, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you drive straight through that. You're able to see all the schools, all the people, all the businesses. And whenever you cross, you know, you see the signs of like, hey, this is, you know, an Indian reservation or Navajo Nation, whatever it may be. So they have like different rules and, 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 and things that they live by. But yeah, man, driving through that, uh, driving through Navajo Nation was like, uh, I'd done it before, but like this time it was like super powerful because like I, I was driving through and, you know, we left on the uh, 15th, right? 15th slash 16th. Um, and if you don't know the 15th is like when, you know, the, when the government essentially sends out the checks, you know, they pay, you know, pay people for, um, uh, for, uh, whatever their support and things like that. Right. Like their, uh, uh welfare or whatever. Um, and you know, Indian tribes member get that during that day too. Um, kind of as, I don't know what specifically what it is, but I'm assuming it's like reparations in, in some shape or form. Um, okay. and yeah, so like the bank was busy, like stores were busy, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, man, it, it was it was just kind of like uh, surreal driving through there and just thinking about like you know taking a peoples who were essentially owners of the land, you know, um, who were here first, right, and like putting them into a little pocket um, in the middle of the desert, right, and uh, it, I don't know, it's pretty wild to think about that, you know, whenever um, your, your history is not necessarily erased, but it's like, it's, it's shifted because somebody told somebody wanted to shift it for you, you know, or force you to shift it. Yeah. Is there anything aesthetically different from these? Like when when you go through the reservations, I mean, is there anything that stands out or is it like structurally somewhat the same of any kind of small town city is just the fact that the name's different or is there like something that, I don't know, attribute, is there anything that stands out? I'll, I'll be honest, man. They're they're poor areas, right? Like, yeah. the, you look you look across and you see, you know, it's like open fields, beautiful rolling fields, and you see like you know one or two houses, yeah. um, generally dilapidated, or you know it's a trailer home, right? A mobile home that they just put there and everything. And it, to me, it's wild to think to know that, right? Like they've been here forever, um, longer than you know we have, or whatever. And um, their civilization, 
quote unquote is like not as advanced as the rest, you know, sure. it's, uh, it's wild to think about, dude. And yeah, um, they need to rise up, man. They need to rise mm-hmm. up. <laughs> they need to, yeah. they, they need to start taking cities hostages. Like oh. they need to just start like, I don't know. <laughs> they just need to start expanding outwards. You know what I mean? They can't just stay with what was given to them. They need to get back on the horse literally and start going to the next city over and just take the whole city of like Topeka, Kansas hostage for several days and like claim a land or like claim a piece of it. You know what I mean? Like, fight oh, absolutely. Back. I mean, because if not, what is there? I mean, yeah. Anyway, sorry, what were we going to say? That, that relates to that's the whole plot of uh, Avatar, the movie. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's essentially what kind of what it is. Really? Like they took it back? Out. Yeah. Oh, well, well, they're trying yeah, to get back. Yeah. The invaders. Well, they're, you being know. Yeah. they're being attacked. Sorry, I had a piece yeah, of ice yeah. in my mouth. Um, they're being attacked and then they're trying to defend. But I mean, that part's like, that was like 100, 200 years ago. Now that part's mm-hmm. over. I'm talking about like Avatar Part 2, where the trees, everything's <laughs> destroyed. They've been kicked out of the land. It's been mined for the last 200 years. And now they're in trailer parks. You know what I mean? Like, that's a whole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's, that's more like part kid. three, bro. That's more like part three. But, uh, <laughs> but still, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> I, so I have a, I have a story I have a story related to this um, that I, I read uh, that I listened to on NPR one time and it was like super awesome story and it was crazy so many like different parts to it but um, so there's this tribe right um, in Northwest Oklahoma it's a real story uh, they're called the Osage Indians and mm-hmm. uh, you know they're displaced from from you know wherever their their homelands were um, to this kind of northwest corner of Oklahoma where like the land is infertile right it's just nasty land like. Nothing mm-hmm. grows there. It's just like in the, kind of in the oh. middle of nowhere and all that stuff, right? Oklahoma is still um, nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Um, um, so they were placed there. I forget when. I think it was like late 1800s, early 1900s, something like that, right? And the tribe is, is not that big. I, don't, I, don't, I think it was probably less than 1,000 people at that time, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but around the 1920s, right, like, you know, these, these Osage Indians have just been living on this kind of reservation, you know, doing their own thing, whatever, right? Um uh, it just so happens that in the twenties, you know, now this is their official land, um, an oil company rolls up and they find out that there's a lot of oil deposits underneath their land. Right. It's like the ultimate, like, fuck you. Right. Like you put us here, but like now we're rich. Right. And, um, yeah. so essentially that's, that's what happened. The, the Indians got, um, the Osage tribe got extremely wealthy. They started like, you know, um, uh, getting paid royalties for oil gas, for oil and gas companies to come and, you know, drill their land or whatever. Um, but something else occurred too, as well. Uh, the, you know, the surrounding kind of whites, right. Started realizing they were, you know, a lot more wealthy than everybody else. And they kind of wanted a piece of them. So there's a famous book on this too, as well. But a lot of the tribes members started getting murdered. Oh Um, yeah. 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 I've heard about this one. Yeah. Either mysteriously and, or, you know, just blatantly like, like murder or whatever. And, uh, they, I think I read an article and it was like, they estimate it was like up to like a couple hundred people who got like murdered or whatever uh, over mm-hmm. you know over time and i was just like wow that's ridiculous like they can never win you know what i mean well i mean not not to um hijack the story but just to clarify from from what i understand is that because of their wealth by some ordinance i don't know if it was federally or state but they were assigned guardians for their estates or guardians for their inheritance by local white attorneys and business people so like these white business people were apparently the guardians of these Indian miners or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly correct. And then, so they were all trying to kill them off in order to inherit the, 
the inheritance because they were attached to it somehow. Anyways, but yeah, that's that's one part I remember. Continue. Yeah, and no, yeah, it was, that was basically it. It was just like it's just wild that they're na- never able to to win. And um, I don't know, man. I uh, but now, like, I think things the tides have turned. You know, they've um, they've been able to like recover some of the lost money that you know or or whatever get reparations for like those murders and, and things like that this was actually aligned with like the start of the fbi i want to say um yeah, the fbi yeah. started around this time too no they that's true an agent or something like that but yeah it's uh yeah man but you know the the tribe is now very well known i, I think i believe in in oklahoma and like a lot of them are, are very wealthy so you know the, the royalties have, have carried them through um sure. over time but, you know well, that's kind of they're one tribe out of you know, many that exist, right? Sure, exactly. And they need to band together and really start making it happen, man. Because as the years go by, they probably just get like, I don't know, a weekend or their land gets smaller. I don't know. But going back to the FBI thing, I remember reading um, that apparently the first murder that the FB- FBI ever investigated was of one of the Assad uh, individuals who were killed in her sleep or something like that. Um, so one of the first murders that the FBI ever investigated on was related to these murders. So, uh, the mm. more, you know, but yeah, mm. man, they should have returned and started killing them back. Honestly, they started, I mean, they should have done something, <laughs> but no, oh, dude, yeah. at this point, it's just a disadvantage to just be so with so much variety. They just need to come together. They need to build a council all the Indians need to come and meet at one certain point, And they just need to create this like one conglomerate indian reservation and then just take over all of colorado or something by force or on horseback (laughs) man on horseback you know what i mean even though that's also a disadvantage they would just purely win for the aesthetic purposes and that alone would get a lot of people out of the suburbs and in cities to go out there and and join them you know what i mean dude i've been wanting to get a horse for some reason and honestly if the indians were like had like a like a What's, what's that, um, the French Legion? You know, it's a, the French Legion. Anybody can join to join the French Legion. Like, if the Indians invited me, like, hey, we need more warriors to fight this cause. Dude, I'd buy a horse, man. And I would go straight over there <laughs> to help them out. Dude, honestly, honestly, would you not? Would you not ride? Oh, would, would, would you not want to ride a horse in order to combat, like, the federal government? I would. I oh, know I'd go out to. there. Dude, eat on some beef jerky, hit the reefer with the elders. Dude, 100%, man. 100%. <laughs> And they need to do it, man. They need to do it. Yeah, we'll paint. Oh, man, I can already see it. I can already see it, dude. I'm totally down with that. Absolutely. Um, the dream but, of mine is to have a horse. Dude, I know, right? And it's it, it's a shame, man. They they've really the they've really just. I mean, honestly, not that they stripped us away from the horse. It makes sense that we all, you know, went towards the the vehicle for its, you know, the speed and whatever. But man, we missed out, dude. Honestly, I wouldn't mind. If we just went back to the horse, truthfully, not only would it look cooler, I mean, environmental wise, I mean, less of an impact on the earth, you know, and uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind if we all just showed up late an extra 30 minutes because we were on horseback. You know what I mean? Like, I would love love nothing more than to show up at the girl's house that I'm dating on horseback. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) hey, girl. And then, like, teach the horse how to dance. You know how the... I forgot who they are, but there's, like, a certain horse group that dances, and they do the little step. You know, have you seen those? That they go sideways and they do the little step? Yeah, um, I think so. Like, at the rodeos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a scene of it from Django, too. I don't know. remember. Do you remember that scene where he's dancing with the horse after, like, he saves his girl from the house or whatever? I think Anyways. so. When you're saying that, I was like, I imagine myself as Jamie Foxx on that horse. 
exactly. That's exactly what I want to smell musty. I want to smell like I haven't showered. I want to look tight in like leather clothing and I want to be on a horse. <laughs> I, I, want, I want Rick Ross blaring too, like from a Bluetooth speaker or Dude, something like yes, that. Yes, a Bluetooth speaker attached to the saddle, man, with like the saddle has under lights. Like, you know how some cars have that blue LED? Dude, I'm going to have a saddle where there's blue LED under the horse. Dude, there's nothing more pimp than that, man. Honestly. Too Honestly. Bad, too bad. It's a shame, yeah. man. We could be we could be in that lifestyle, but we're not because the 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 what's it called the the car lobbyists and and et cetera et cetera. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It really is oh. true. And the gas uh, industry from the 1920s and 30s, you know, removing the because I mean, if you look at the old videos of like the streets, I don't know where, but like, have you ever seen that old footage from like 1910 of the streets? You had a combination of heavy pedestrians. You got the horse, buggy, and you had the cars. Now, dude, what city could you honestly walk from one side to the next side besides New York? What other city can mm. you do that? You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's Dude, the oil and gas companies, man, they have they have fucked us over for so long now. It's, it's unbelievable to me. Like that – things have not changed. Like even today still um, – so I'll move on to the next to the next one. Yeah, I guess cool, cool. To. <laughs> it's related, no, it's not. It's not. We didn't get sidetracked. It's it's directly related. Is, is the is the crazy thing too? So, uh, public trust lands, right? So this came up whenever actually I saw public trust lands when I was drive when we were driving through Zion. But I, I recently watched a movie by Patagonia, like the clothing company. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They talked about uh, they had a film called a documentary called Public Trust Lands, and essentially, uh, public trust lands are. Um, lands that are owned technically by the U.S. government, and the purpose is um, it's for public use. So technically, you know, the people own it, right? Or the public of the of a country. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, it's like the government who technically like owns the deed and, and so forth, whatever, right? So there's been there's been this crazy thing happening where um, the government has been selling off some of these public trust lands to oil and gas companies to drill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear about, you know, you know, have you heard of standing rock? Like the, um, that protest that was happening around like the pipelines and stuff like, like, oh, yeah, like yeah. the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so it's directly related to that too. So like, you know, a bunch of also natives there are also, you know, fighting that too as well. But, um, yeah, I think it's just so messed up that, you know, the government is like selling tech, you know, land that, that, you know, that we own technically. Right. Or even the concept of like owning land to me is, is mind blowing. I don't know. Is it really? Owning land? Yeah. Because like... What concept of it, um, I don't know, is weird to you? I don't know, man. I, I feel like I feel like the, the earth and like just everything that it is, right? It, it's, it's to be shared. I don't know. It's like... It's like you're owning a piece of life by owning owning the land, and sure. I don't. I'm not. And I think like we come from like a nomadic type people, right? Where um, I think all of us do, right? Um, where you know we we follow where the food is, we move with our families from you know place to place and whatever it may be. And I think the, the concept of owning land came with like you know I'm assuming farming and, and all that stuff, and then like mineral rights came after that, like you know later on obviously a couple hundred years later, but still like it goes further back than that, man. I mean, I think about like old, the old UK with like, uh, you know, dukes and whatever and peasants and only land. And that was like a form of like, although I guess it does go back to farming even back then and just with different words and different power structures. But anyways, Mm. sorry, continue. 
Yeah, it's just like, just the, I don't know, the concept of it is like, I feel like it's a human right to be able to go where you want, not necessarily, I mean, live where you want, right? And I guess I understand it because like to own land means you need, owning land helps um, structures like governments and, you know, local um, enforcement, whatever it is to like be able to provide resources and help to those people or support to those people. So I guess that makes sense in, in that regard and you know, allows us an avenue to tax or whatever, but that's, it's going deep, but um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it, it, I, I try to think about it from pros yeah, and pros cons. Cons. really, pros and I mean, cause I, I, the idea is to remove the power structure that oversees these, you know, parcels of land, right? Whatever. But I don't think the reality of human nature is that we're always going to have those power structures overseeing it. And whether it's on the, in the hands of the individual or if it's on the hands of a higher committee, like a government, like, I don't know. I, I think I would rather have it on the, in, in the individual's hands versus like the government, you know, claiming where one can be or, or where one can't be. I don't know. Mm. I, I just... I guess all I can say is probably the lesser of the two evils and the other one being, well, without you being grounded on any form of, I mean, not, I mean, not everybody owns land, so I don't know. Pros and cons, man. Back to what I said, pros and cons. And I'm, <laughs> and I may lack the education to really delve, you know, deep into what the pros and cons are. I just know that everything has pros and cons. <laughs> True. Um, I mean, even the process of like owning land is very unfair, right? Like, you own land like either by being the first to, you know, get there and then, you know, modernize it and, and, and make it like, you know, livable or, you know, you get super wealthy, you have money doing whatever else and then you purchase the land, you know, to me, it's like, it seems like it feel, almost feels like an unfair system. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong, man. It's a, it's a really strange concept that one's able to claim a section of the earth as their own. Um, and that is odd. Ooh. Um, so, you want to yeah. hear interesting facts? You know, do you know who, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ted Turner, the owner of, uh, I don't know if he's the founder, but the owner of like CNN and a lot of these like news, you know, news media, major media mm-hmm. companies. Yeah. Um, he's been on like family guy and like all, all these, whatever he owns, I think over a million acres mm-hmm. in the U S wow. a million acres, bro. That is, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Some, some parts of land, like, uh, are you familiar with uh, King's Ranch out here in yeah, Texas? Yeah. Dude, yeah. You, like, if you're on, if you're down in South Texas and you're trying to make your way up to San Antonio, and that's like a four-hour stretch of time of driving, all of that is owned by one one family. And I forgot who the family is, but it's King's Ranch. And I think it's the largest ranch in the U.S., now that I think about it. Um, yeah, it probably is. Oh, my but it's gosh. Strange, like, it's strange, yeah, It really is odd. Like, you basically own a section of Texas – like you might as well just declare yourself your own governor on that part of town. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what they've essentially what they've done. They own the land and like, yeah, like they can, now they can hire a militia, you know, to run it and then invite people from the outside to come and live, you know, and be things inside. It is tempting, man. And that's probably why God hasn't blessed me with a lot of finances. Because honestly, if I had the multi-millions, honestly, I would buy a large section of land. I would do what Kanye West did. I would go out in Wyoming, buy like a hundred and thousand acres. I would hire a private uh, military company. Like what are they called? Private military contractors? Blackwater? I'd hire something with that, you know, give myself like a good a thousand person posse. And (laughs) really, I wouldn't buy people over. 
And I think, dude, not that I'm bored with life, but I would love to just be like the micro state building its own army and like just wage war with the U.S. knowing that it's futile. But the fact is, is there's going to be a Wikipedia page of me like in the next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just for fucking kicks, you know what I mean? Just so I can get on Oprah, you know? <laughs> you, remind, you remind me of, uh, what is it, the Davidians in Waco? <laughs> That's kind of what they did a little bit. Is it really? That's what they did? Kind of. I mean, yeah, they, he bought a, he bought a ranch and then they all lived on a property and like they, I don't think they hired like a, a military, like a, a, like a, a defense group or whatever, but I think they armed like a lot of the residents to be like, you know, protectors of it. And whatever. Why not, man? I would totally love to start a micro state, honestly. And I'm sure just talking about this has already like red flagged me by the FBI. <laughs> I'd love to start a micro state. I think it'd be totally fun. Like pick a little island in the middle of the lake, you know, me and a couple of dudes and just, I don't know. See what happens. <laughs> it could be Me really amazing. A little island just to see what happens. <laughs> it, could be, it could be really amazing or it could be like Lord of the Flies. Sure, it really could, man. Yeah, it could really. Uh, but there's been a lot of micro states that, that have actually made it successful. Um, but anyways, um, what else do we have here? I know. Oh, well, the Assad. Okay, we'll pass the Indians. Um, uh, UFOs. Oh, the UFOs, man. Okay, I saw those videos because there was three, right, that they sent out. <sighs> man, I still don't know what to think about that. You know what I mean? Because a part of me is like, okay, this is either real aliens from a, from a different area or these are just like angelic beings flying through t- like our earth, you know, as they travel be- between heaven and Hades or whatever. If you want to look at it from a religious angle. Or it really is just a section of the military who doesn't have proper communication with another section of the military. And both of them are freaking themselves out. You know what I mean? Like Mm. the pilots are unaware that there's a level of the government doing this because they're not of, you know, talking about like just like a, like a really secretive section of the military government that is like, we couldn't even tell the people Mm. that people of the Pentagon what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's a mini Pentagon within the Pentagon. And, and, oh, there's and, definitely and, mini Pentagon. Oh, oh, dude, and there's probably a mini one, a mini one in that mini one. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I think that may be what could be happening because I'm looking at the shapes and I'm looking at the speed. And, and yeah, the, the most practical thing is that there is being tests happen, that, that, that there are military tests, but it's such a high level, confidential, you know, level that... It, not the whole military knows about it. And I'm sure even some generals don't even know about it like that deep. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, regardless of what it is, whether it be UFOs, angels, and or like actual military weapon, to me, the thing that was concerning was like, you know, this was posted and like the Pentagon officially released a report that said, hey, this is like, you know, we'd, we've identified this as unidentified op- flying objects, right? Like to me, and then and then the world is kind of like, oh, like, cool and then it's like then it kind of disappeared you know what i mean like it, to me it's alarming that nobody was like hey like they this is for real like we should explore this or we should look into this you know and like you know you have a couple people here and there looking into it whatever um tom delange the uh lead singer of blink 182 um one of my favorite br- b- bands growing up he he has a uh, organization called to the stars academy of arts and sciences and like they're like actively like exploring this but like beyond him, you know, there's probably like a few other organizations who are like, you know, UFO, but like, like, I can't believe that like, you know, people just don't like 
aren't freaking out about it. I don't know. For me, like I'm personally kind of like, I, I've been thinking about it for a while now and I'm like, man, I, what is that? Right. And like, I guess you can't live your life in fear all the time. Um, but you know, I feel like there should be more eyes on this. I don't know. I think we're just bored, man. I think we're just bored mm-hmm. and we have it too good. And we're just like, man, whatever. If they're here, they're here. They're not whatever. But I gotta like, I gotta go to my interview. I gotta meet rent. And like, I don't know. They're just so mm-hmm. involved with life and it's like, fast pacedness and its conveniences and its luxuries that it's like, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal, but I don't know. It's just one of those things that has just been talked about so much that I think the common man really just needs to see it. Like, okay, these dudes are having a meeting with the president of the United States. They finished signing a peace treaty and like, okay, I, I saw the video, but anything like less than that, I think it's, it's, it's like a movie you've, you've never seen, but everybody has talked about. So you just kind of like ignore it and you never actually watch it unless like, I don't know, it was put in front of you. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think these people are like, look, until E.T. is signing documents with the president of the U.S., I don't give a damn. You know, mm-hmm. something like that, man, because that's how I feel partially. Like, just mm-hmm. show me when it happens, man. That's the video I want to see. In the meantime... Dude, it's just going to be speculation, speculation until until what? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. that's where most people land. And I think there's a lot of people who just need that, like, concrete evidence. And they're just waiting for that. Anything in between is just like, well, we're going to arrive at a, at a stalemate. So why even, like, participate in discussion when even the video isn't that crisp or clear, you know? Mm, right yeah it's not immediately impacting them or, or affecting them it's kind of like the ignorance is bliss you know yeah, man, unless these aliens are gonna pay my student loans i really don't care <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, that is the sad truth <laughs> hey if if, uh, if the alien wants to probe me in exchange for my my student loans yeah hey, I'm, I'm down with it why not why not man why not and it's really turning, <laughs> funny that blink 182 is doing a lot of stuff if i have to think about any band that have like had to play on the rooftop of, of a building and say beam me up, it would be bleak 182. You know what I mean? Like if the, oh, if yeah. the, if the mothership was already hovering over New York, think of the one band that would be on the rooftop with like a, a selected few that says beam me up. It'd be bleak 182. And who else? <laughs> who would be a good band that would be like beam me up, beam me up? Um, I don't know, like some 41. No, man, that's too old school. I don't think I think the guy's dead. Um I don't know. I can see I Foo like, Fighters. Foo Fighters would be on the rooftop for sure. Or Red, for sure. Or red Hot. Red Hot Chili red Peppers. Hot for sure. That's another group that I could see being on a rooftop on the day of like abduction or the, or the day of like beaming up or whatever. It's, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's what they had. They had a scene of like, like at Independence Day. They had the people on the roof like, oh, come and get us. And they were zapped and killed. You know? uh, um, let me ask you this. Um, Let's assume that, you know, one day we make contact with aliens, right? Like it's official, like they're, they've, they've thrown out the reports, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to see kind of signs that's leading up to, you know, first contact, right? Like we're about to like interface with them and, and talk to them. How yeah. do you think the world will respond? Let's say, let's say the aliens are like, they send us a message, however, however it may be. They're like, Hey, we are coming with our, our ships and everything like that on this day at this time at this location, right? How do you think the world will respond? Okay, so there's there's a time and a place set up, and they're gonna meet with some of our world leaders, kind of thing. Like they're mm-hmm. gonna show up at the UN. Um, well, it depends because I see it both ways. I I see, and and my mind splits it in two ways because it's such a 
a wake up call to a reality that I split I split the human population in two sectors. One that already already ascribes to like a religious idea, meaning that there's a God. So something like this would shake them up. You know what I mean? So I can see like the religious sector, like, well, what's going on? What does this mean about our faith? And then I can see like the secular side of being like, well, it could go both ways. Either we partner up and our society accelerates and that's just a good thing, you know, or Mm -hmm. the risk of it is that we are of a lesser species and we get dominated and they kill us and they, you know, they brainwash our kids and steal our wives. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know it's mixed. But you know what? Uh, one thing I do have to say, um, because I remember uh, uh, in Sunday school, somebody was like, you know, someone asked the question, well, you know, what would, what would have to happen for you to stop believing in God? And I remember one kid was like, well, if aliens showed up, I think I would stop believing in God. And the response of the Sunday school teacher, and, and this is something that I actually personally believe, you know, when you think about the concept of God, it's always described as God is infinite, right? So, you know, the first part of Genesis is that God created man in his own image. Well, do you think that man is the only image of God? There's probably many variations of God. So when I think about heaven, I would not be surprised if I saw other things that weren't human from another galaxy and another realm and another planet. You know what I mean? And Mm. uh, because, I mean, do do you really think the infinite Lord is limited to a thousand page book? is limited to just our expression uh, as far as our face and our geometry and what we look like? Absolutely not, if you believe in that. So when I think about mm-hmm. heaven, I, I would not even hesitate or, or even be shocked to think that there was multiple species in different realms of time and space and you name it. So, so that's one thing. So-, so that's one cool way to look at it if you're a believer already in the concept of God. Um, but the other way I can just see it as it's either it's pros and cons, man. We're either going to get screwed over or things are going to move really fast. And dude, I can already see the memes, man. I can already see Instagram like responding to all of this. And oh, all, God, you know. Instagram would blow up. So, so let me ask you this. Do you think that let's say this alien, you know, alien species exists, you know, across the universe. Do you think that on each of those worlds of those alien species, there's their version of Jesus or, or, or the Messiah? Well, okay. I mean, I can answer it in two ways, but let's 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 answer it the way most Abrahamic religions say that there's one true God. So, I guess the way I would approach it is: Are there variations of Jesus, not very different gods? You know, controlling different sections of time and universes or galaxies. So, let's assume there is just one only God. Um, is there different variation variations of Christ? I mean, honestly. I think the only variation would be is in aesthetics, in visual appearance, as far as like how it took place, as far as like the story we know about Christ coming to earth, um, sacrificing himself to be the perfect sacrifice for the human sin and and redeem us from our corrupt nature. I, I don't doubt that that would be the same structure in another area. It's just that Jesus would just look, physically very different than what we are are used to but as far as like the mechanism of mercy and love and all these things i I would i would assume that it would stay the same because if you ascribe to what god is you would have to see that he's he's consistent he's constant so it's not like 
God here would be like very this way and that way. And then on another planet, he'd be this way and that way, you know? But mm-hmm. again, again, that's with my limited mind. There very could be many, very other variations, but from what we know, as far as like me being a believer would be that it would just perhaps be a physical difference rather than a difference of characteristics. You know, that mm-hmm. makes sense. But yeah, yeah man, question, why not? Like the really, you can't, you can't really, it's dude, it's all within the realm of possibilities. You know, you can't deny it. I mean, it's, it's definitely in play, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I always read into, and this kind of started early on, I guess, in, in high school, like being in, in physics class, we had this awesome uh, teacher who was like really into parallel universes and um, concept of like, you know, our universe is constantly expanding and it's, it's also expanding next to other universes similar to ours. But in those, you know, other worlds or those other universes, like it's a different um, version of you, different version of, you know, that planet, whatever it may be. Things are just could be uh, extremely different or slightly different. So like in that world, I also kind of think of it as, as like, oh, yeah, like in that world. I myself am actually a woman or I myself actually have red hair or whatever it is. And I, you know, I'm assuming that, um, it'd be the same, like, you know, if it was a Jesus or, or whoever it is, right. They'd be this one person, but, um, a different entity or a different, you know, form or whatever. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, that's all possible. I mean, I can I mean, who's to say, man, really, who's to say that there isn't other versions, but I guess, I don't know. I guess, it, it, problem i have with that and and i don't know if this is a problem but um the reason i probably am more inclined to believe that this is the only version and there isn't multiple versions of us i mean in the sense yes there's always different possibilities in play but those possibilities in play are always fixed on this reality and not another one you know what i mean and and for me maybe this is not for everybody but it not cheapens my own existence, but it, it makes me feel that I'm not it, but rather a variation of something else that is supposedly me. And mm. and I don't know if that devalues your own life, thinking that there's multitudes of you doing different versions of things. And I don't know. I mean, you can't deny it because we just don't have the science and we just don't know. So I can't speak in just absolutes and say, oh, well, that isn't possible that isn't happening but i don't know i think i think my life would be led very differently if that were the true as far as like hey david there's like about a thousand different versions of you and i think it would make me live in a very not reckless manner but it would make me live in a very it is what it is and i think that would make me not uh, consider morality or consider ethics or consider any form of proper conduct because i would be like well perhaps this version of me is a rebellious person who lives this way in a very brutal you know get what you can from who you can kind of mentality and so because i would think that way i think well this version expresses itself that way and therefore i feel confirmed in my lack of humanity or i suppose or whatever you know what i'm saying Interesting. Okay. So you're saying like, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think, uh, you're saying like, it's, it's kind of like, like, you know, I'll, I'll slack off cause this David in this, in this, you know, alternate universe is, will, will pick it up for me or, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm the I'm the one that's rebellious or I'm the one that's in this idea. Yeah. You kind of you kind of try to figure out like what is your identity without really knowing what the identity of the of the others are. Sure. Yeah, and, uh, something like that. Yeah. Um something you said reminded me of uh, Elon Musk too. So uh, Elon Musk believes in like the simulation, you know, like that yeah. we're all living in simulation. And it's like the same logic, right? It's like you are not really who you are. You're not independent. Like you're, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're programmed, right. To be the way you are. Sure. And, uh, it's a dangerous path for sure. You know, it's like, it's like whenever the machine, like the AI or, you know, the robot realizes like, Oh my God, I am a, I, I was made to be like this. These thoughts that I'm thinking right now, literally every single word, it was programmed into me. Sure. And, and dude, honestly, I don't deny that. I mean, cause, uh, Christians in some form really do believe that. I mean, the Lord made you and how he made you with the genes he gave you with the things that you're lacking, like all your faults and all your, I mean, not that he appreciates and loves your faults. He's there to correct them, but everything that is good and bad is already somewhat predestined. Like, so mm. I, I don't, I don't completely deny the fact that we're, placed in motion without our you know without our opinion or without our you know our input mm. you know we're placed in motion already with the things that we're lacking and the things that we're good at and which is a great question like you know because a lot of christians will talk about the elect you know because they'll talk about salvation being a gift and that you don't choose christ but christ chooses you that the fact that you even believe that you need salvation is because the lord has planted a seed for you even to think that you need it and um, which is a really interesting concept, because then the next question is, well, what what did the Lord place in me to qualify me to receive such a gift and others not? Which is another like, I don't know, man, maybe a lot of people start questioning that and, and they, they walk away from the faith. But it's interesting, like what what are the qualifiers for the Lord to have selected you to know who he is? And and all you have to say, and there's a verse on it where it's like, the Lord has mercy on who he has mercy. And that's a verse from Isaiah or something like that, which we could just, we, we can't know. And um, where was I going with this? I don't know, but it was going to take me somewhere else to bring up a, another point. Um, but I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that I don't deny that we're placed in motion already from another force, whether you believe in God or something else. Like we were perfectly designed to be a certain way. I'll say Absolutely. one more thing. I remember... Um, when I did LSD one time and, uh, I was in my apartment and at, at its peak, I remember seeing a sphere around me and the sphere was created by tiles of, uh, of a pentagram, not a pentagram, but what's, what's the shape that has five sides? Is it a pentagram? Um, yeah, it's pent yeah, pentagon. A pentagon. Yes. There were pentagon tiles creating a sphere around me. And as I was walking this sphere, I was in this sphere, kind of like those, you know, bubbles that people, you know, get inside and roll off the hill. You know, those clear ones. Have you ever seen those? Oh, well, yeah, it was like, something yeah. very similar. And I was walking and the things and the items in my apartment, like the plants, the remote control, whatever. As soon as I, as soon as those items entered in my sphere, there were, they were, they were lit up. Their colors and the saturation of the colors of that item became very saturated as if, they were ready to be selected like the same way you see an item in a video game. And, mm. um, and I always thought that was very strange and it didn't last too long, but it was clear as day that I was in some form of bubble. And I don't know if it speaks to a simulation or it speaks to an energy aura 
that we actually do have, but we just don't see because it is in the spiritual realm. So anyways, mm. just another little story about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I vibe with that. I vibe with that. To, to your point too, I do think, I do believe in genetic code that P, people are predispositioned or in, you know, coded in their, in their DNA to, to be a certain way. I think that's proven, you know, um, if, if you are, you know, more liable for some type of mental illness or sickness, you know, Absolutely. um, athletic, athletic ability, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, man. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, cause it, cause it's dear and dear to me is Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you familiar with his work? Oh yeah, man, absolutely. I've seen it all, man. I've seen it yeah. all. <laughs> Growing up, I have a post. I had a poster of him in my room uh, of uh, his his uh, Borat movie, right? Like on my wall. And my mom would always be like, "Why do you Why do you have that?" And it's just him looking stupid in a gray suit and just like you know, thumbs up, like very nice. And uh, and uh, it was it was just such an impactful movie for me. Like not only was it funny, but like it, it like pushed it pushed my sense of humor to like a new level and like my understanding of humor to a new level where like, you know, the humor is in, in a way like it's, it's thoughtful and it's uh, educational. It's kind of like Dave Chappelle, like yeah. Dave Chappelle, you know, like it, it gets a bit raunchy. It gets a bit, a bit, you know, a bit wild or whatever, but like he's, he's speaking to some really important things, right? Like, um, you know, racism, whatever it is, anti-Semitism. I mean, there's, there's a similarity between both homophobia, you know, homophobia, whatever it may be. Um, they, they both do an amazing job of like, you know, hitting on those things, making, making, um, fun of it, but also like, um, bringing, bringing attention to it, you know? Yeah, no, it, it exposes a lot of things. Um, uh, read the quote from Voltaire. That one, I thought that was really good. Um, cause it really yeah. sums up his method of extracting reality from his humor. Practice. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so the Voltaire quote goes, uh, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Yeah, absolutely. Man, it, it um the show from um I forgot what channel is it's um This is America. Where is where is that being shared? Where is that being broadcasted or, or placed? Is that Cinemax? No. That's not HBO, is it? Uh it might have been. No, no, uh it's one of those one of those exclusive, more exclusive ones, I believe. Man, but yeah. It is it is you've have you seen those episodes? Have you seen the one with the Republican representative from Georgia who was being yeah. taught on how to um, fight against, you know, Muslim terrorists. Did you ever see that episode? Yeah, I did see that one. Oh my um, gosh, man! My gosh, that the just the fact that this man was able to be conned to act in such a to such a manner, man. It's it's amazing. It really is amazing. I feel like it speaks more about like the psychology of man when they're being, you know, when they're in front of a camera. I know it's very strange. Very strange. Um, it's unbelievable, dude. You you have to watch the new the new Borat movie and like yeah, you'll see something from there. And uh, it's, it's on yeah, it's on it's on uh, Amazon Prime on Prime um, TV or Prime Video. And uh, to Bezos just so I can watch this thing. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I I watched it last night and I was just mind blown. I was consistently mind blown. I was like, I cannot believe people. Our, our world works this way and, and people ex- exist and, and think in the ways that they do. But, you know, that's, I guess that's the magic of the world. Yeah. That we're all just dumb on, on a certain aspect for sure. And very gullible for sure, man, very gullible with a man with a microphone and, the, and a camera, but I'm sure a lot of the things were like hidden camera stuff, but anyways, 
towards um, the end yes there's hidden camera stuff and yeah and, and there, there's a special star in there you'll see towards the end too and and uh I'll, I'll leave a hint i won't ruin it for you he was he's politically involved and very close to our current president so mm. yeah no yeah i don't doubt that for sure it's amazing that he's able to get all these interviews or all these like like it's just amazing that he's able to get through some with you know face to face with some very important people and no one no one suspect, suspects a thing at all. Like, have you seen the interview he had in This Is America with Dick Cheney? Like, how? Like, are you telling me that the that the Secret Service that continues to protect Dick Cheney was unable to investigate enough to find out that this man was a fraud and was in reality Sasha Baron Conan? Yeah. It amazes me. So I don't know. I don't know. I think that's very strange. Not that I'm saying that. It's fake, fake in the sense that, you know, he's duping these people. But it's mm. just uh, it's strange that the Secret Service that protects Dick Cheney wasn't able to see that this guy was a fraud and that was yeah. actually an act. So Yeah, I'd be curious to learn more about that. I don't know if, if it, I commend his team if they're if it's for real. If not, then no, I'm surprised. Yeah. There's, there's an agreement in the behind the scenes that makes it which is like fake reality or they're that good that even the former vice president was unable to figure it out and was even allowed to be in the same room with him. Because I don't know if you remember the dialogue, but the dialogue is like, is bad, man. (laughs) (laughs) And with like, with a name, with a first name, like Dick, uh, you can already like imagine everything that was against him. It It was quite funny. Very, very funny. I'm gonna um, watch that. I'm definitely gonna watch that today. Just uh, look it yeah. up, man. It's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, but anyways, man, we're at 49 minutes and 22 seconds. Do you want to end it? Or do you want to keep going? <laughs> yeah, we can. We can end it. We can end it here. All right, sounds good, man. Awesome. <laughs>